This is the Genuine Joy Podcast, where we dig deeper into how we attempt to find true happiness while navigating life. We're your hosts, Matt and Kelsey, and we are bringing you 100% organic and sustainable amateur advice to brighten your day and maybe even help you look at the world a little differently. Today on the podcast, we are talking to Dr. Patty Haby. She is so incredible. We learned so much from her. She is an integrative doctor who combines the best of modern medicine with the ancient wisdom of Eastern medicine. She emphasizes the importance of creating balance in our lives mentally, physically, and spiritually. And she has extensive training in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, endocrinology, and has an emphasis on female conditions such as Hashimoto's, PCOS, adrenal fatigue, fertility, preconception planning, so many things. We had a great conversation with her. Yeah, Dr. Haby was just an absolute uh, gem to speak with. She was extremely knowledgeable in in every single question we we asked her. She was firing off uh, answers even more in-depth than we had anticipated. So, uh, Dr. Haby, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, we go over seed cycling, which I have experience with, different types of birth control. We talk about buzzwords that you might want to learn more about, like we did, like adrenal fatigue and endocrine disruptors. Um, there's just so much great stuff in this episode, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it and hope that you find you realize that there are lots of female issues that can come about, but you can still find joy in experiencing and finding out more about our bodies and how they work. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Here we go. I am so excited for this episode of the podcast today. We have Patty Haby on today. She is an amazing doctor that I found on Instagram who knows so much about hormones and fertility and all the things that I am extremely interested in. So Patty, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here, guys. So I'd love to start out with hearing a little bit about how you got into this field, what interests you about it, and a little bit of your background. Sure, absolutely. So it's, of course, been a bit of a journey. So I'm a naturopathic doctor, so I take an integrative approach to healthcare. Um, I've been fascinated by medicine my entire life. I always knew it's what I wanted to be in. I quit the cheerleading team when I was 16 and took like medical <laughs> prep classes instead, got my CNA and started working in the hospital. Um at that time. And I saw lives being saved, which was amazing. But I also saw people not getting better, which didn't sit well with me. And then fast Mm -hmm. forward to college when I was pre-med and thinking about med school applications. And my dad had a heart attack and conventional medicine saved his life. And I will forever be so grateful for it. But six months down the road, his cardiologist looked me in the eye and said, well, in three years, your dad's probably going to be dead and there's nothing we can do about it. So it was crazy. So I sought out a naturopathic um, cardiologist here in Arizona, and he took a look at my dad's blood work more in depth than anybody ever had, put him on uh, dietary and lifestyle modifications, got him on tons of therapeutic grade supplements, actually got him off all of his meds. And years and years past, he should have been dead years ago. He's doing amazing. And I was like, this is what I need to be doing. So um that's so it the was direction all I went in. Natural stuff with your dad, huh? Yes. So could not have lived without getting a stent placed, uh, doing plenty of beta blockers and everything since then. Um, but in integrative medicine, we take a little bit of a different approach to heart disease and uh, protecting um, plaque formation, decreasing inflammation, and sort of supporting the body from that means instead of just you know kind of putting the heart on the couch for the rest of your life and taking a bunch of cholesterol blocking drugs. 
Yeah. Wow. It's just amazing the power of food and exercise and simple things. It's, it is really the little things. They're all the foundations of health. So I just think it's all fascinating. And I love being able to have, you know, extra tools in my toolbox. And hormones are really my jam. I think they're so fascinating. I struggled with PCOS my whole life and nobody ever had solutions for me. So it's, it's definitely been part of my journey as well. It's just fascinating. So for those who might not know, what does PCOS stand for? Yes, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it's oftentimes when people aren't ovulating like they should be and you get um, ovarian cysts. Sometimes you can get higher levels of testosterone and causes insulin resistance and can lead to a lot of her infertility oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have struggled with that. And the, I feel like the sad thing about all these hormonal issues that a ton of people deal with is that it's like kind of taboo or people don't want to just be like, hey, just so you know, today I am not feeling greater. I have terrible cramps. I mean, people talk about that stuff now, but it's getting more and more t- discussed, which is good. But I remember, um, I'd love to just tell you a little bit about my history. Um, when I went off birth control in, gosh, it was a couple years ago now, but it wasn't for uh, to get a, to get pregnant at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I just wanted to get off of it because I was going to do a whole 30 for the first time. And I had heard um, that you know, that can contribute to balancing hormones. And I was like, well, I'm taking all these fake hormones. So maybe I should just see how my body feels because I went on birth control when I was 15, 16, because I had really bad acne. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd been on it for 10 years and I went off of it in January and I didn't get a period for months and months and months. It ended up being about 11 months. I didn't get a period. And after three or four months, we went to the doctor and she wasn't my favorite. She, we were living um, in a new place. So I hadn't had a gynecologist yet. So I went to some one, you know, I found on Yelp and she was like, um, well, it'll probably come back. Wait a couple more months. If it doesn't, we'll just start you on birth control again. Oh. And I was like, okay, um, I'm not so sure about that. Um, and then we waited a couple more months, still didn't come back. I think it was like August. We went back and she said, Um, We're probably going to start you on something, but first I want you to go see like a fertility specialist to like see what's going on down there. Mm -hmm. So we went in, the gal said, okay, you have a lot of eggs. It's all great. And she was trying to, this other fertility gal was much better. And she was asking me more questions and she was like, have you been stressed lately? And I was like, um, I don't think so. And I like broke down crying because I'm like, you know, I'm like a very positive person and I didn't think I was stressed because I automatically just try to wake up happy. But I realized I was very stressed. Well, there was a lot going on in our lives at the time, too. We just moved into a new place. Um, I was trying to pursue my career goals. And you go were in through. paramedic school. I was in paramedic school. So there were a lot of extra stressors that right. we just had to deal with and we didn't realize it was affecting Kelsey in that way. Yeah. I didn't know that it could just completely shut down my system. Well, and I think that's such a common thing too, is people are like, Oh, I'm going through, you know, all this stuff, but it's normal. I should be able to handle it. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. you know, it's stress is stress and it's changes are big and they affect everybody and they affect us on the inside as well. So, you know, it's life, life changes affect us all in exactly the same ways. Yeah. It was just, it was insane. And so I ended up getting my period back in like November and then it was still like 45 day cycles. You know, I was happy it was back, but it was still irregular. And so that lasted um, until the next summer we were going to try to start getting pregnant. And um, so that was two, uh, two years ago almost. Um, yeah, and, 2016. Yeah. And so we were going to try to start getting pregnant and 
I was like, okay, well, I have these four to five day cycles. So how will I know when I'm ovulating? Do I need to start doing those kits? I don't know. Maybe we'll just, um, you know, just start trying and see what happens. So of course, like two months go by, we're not getting pregnant. And I was going, I had started going to an acupuncturist um, because I'd heard that was really helpful in balancing hormones. So um, she, of course, was, uh, it was amazing because she would feel certain parts of my back and she was like, okay, yeah, you're definitely, things are off, you know, and she would do certain things. And then she said, okay, this is really simple. All you need to do is seed cycling. And I said, what? And she gave me this (laughs) list of seeds to take. She's like, grind them up in the morning, yada, yada. And you'll be, you'll be there in a month, no time. And I was like, okay, lady, this is a little weird. (laughs) And lo and behold, these, I had 45 day cycles. I started seed cycling the next month. It was 35 days and I got pregnant. That's amazing. It was incredible. And I I remember my mom is like all for this stuff, but she's not like woo woo at all. Yes. So she, I did it and she was like, excuse me, what did you took seeds and that worked? And she's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, yeah, it it worked. So I just think it's so incredible what natural stuff can do. Yeah. It was definitely odd seeing Kelsey (laughs) every morning have her little bag of all these different seeds and whatnot. And she'd have her coffee and I'd grind the coffee and she'd grind her seeds. (laughs) Living the dream. It yeah. was quite the interesting morning routine, but I, I got a question for you. Why why did seed cycling work? Yes, it's so, so interesting. So just to give kind of a quick overview of kind of what seed cycling is and how it works, it's super interesting, and it definitely sounds a little woo-woo. Um, <laughs> but for starters, the seeds contain lignans, um, which help bind excess hormones, and they also have essential fatty acids in them that provide the building blocks for hormones. And they also have vitamins and minerals for the production and release of hormones. Um, so in the first part of the cycle, it's called the follicular phase. That's when we're sort of maturing the egg. It's the estrogen dominant phase of the cycle. Um, and this is days one through 14. And just as a little refresher for anybody that might be wondering, day one of your period, that is day one of your cycle, just so people can keep track. Um, yeah. And also the other super other kind of super woo woo thing is seed cycling actually coincides with the lunar cycle. Um, typically, women ovulate actually on a full moon, which is kind of interesting. Not everybody follows this mm-hmm. pattern, but just a fun fact. Um, so that follicular phase is one through fourteen. Um, you're taking the flax, chia, hemp seeds, and fish oil, which are estrogenic. They're promoting that estrogen, which is going to really help that egg follicle mature. Um, then hopefully you ovulate on around day 14, 15, and then you go into the luteal phase, which is the progesterone dominant phase of your cycle. So then you're taking sesame seeds, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, and evening primrose oil maybe. And that is going to give you those building blocks to produce progesterone. So it's really encouraging our body to say 14 days of estrogen, 14 days of progesterone, and just getting us familiar with that cycle. It's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. So cool. I know. Yeah. I remember thinking it was woo-woo because she said, okay, you need to start on the new moon. So just Google yep. when the new moon is. Yep. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and I have a question because I did a post on my blog about my experience with seed cycling. And I said I had to start on the new moon, but some people have said, shouldn't I just start on the first day of my cycle? Do you know if what you need to do? That's a good question. So um, it kind of depends if you have an irregular cycle or not. So people who have like amenorrhea, like they're never having their periods, they don't know when it is, maybe they're having like 45, 55, 65 day cycles, then we just say start with a new moon because it's kind of a fresh start. That's what most people 
cycle with. And so we kind of try to get you off on that plan. But if somebody it has a semi-regular period, then I would encourage them to stick with that cycle and do the 14 days in 14 days. It doesn't have to necessarily perfectly coincide with the moon, in my opinion. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I know, I feel like I I was on birth control for so long, so I just thought a cycle is the pack of birth control and <laughs> there's nothing that deviates from that. But I feel like I found that even now my period is like, it's like 35 days, so it's pretty normal, but I've never had like a 28-day cycle. Do people typically have that, or what do you think is the normal range? Yeah, so that's another super good question. I feel like everybody feels like they have to fit into this perfect 28-day cookie cutter, but actually most women are between 26 and like 35 days long, so if you're mm-hmm. anywhere in that plus or minus a few days, you're good, and that's why I encourage people to track their cycles. Even if you're not trying to have kids or anything, just get to know yourself, get to know your body. It's really, really fascinating. Yeah, I um after I got my period back after having Ruth, I got an app, and like I just go in and I click I started, and then I go in and click I ended, yeah. and it's really nice to like have a good overview, especially before we have a second kid to kind of start tracking it. Um, but I, I've heard about this whole, uh, birth control via taking your temperature in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I'm so curious about it because it makes me so nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like, what do you think about that? And do you have to have a certain cycle, like a certain day cycle to do it? Yeah. Super good question. So what you're talking about is sort of, um, basal body temperature. It's kind of the fertility awareness method. And it's actually really fascinating. Our When we're not on birth control, our bodies actually give us lots of clues and signs that it's ovulating and that it's fertile. And when we really tune in and pay attention to them, your body kind of screams at you when it's ovulating, but you just kind of need to be aware of it to know about it. Plus, everybody spent, you know, 5, 10, 15 years on birth control. Nobody actually knows what a real cycle looks like. They're just having, you know, pill bleeds. So, mm-hmm. um Fertility awareness method. So the first one, you're spot on. So after you ovulate, your progesterone levels increase. And when your progesterone levels increase, it actually raises your internal body temperature for the rest of the month until you start your period. So you can look for that little spike in the temperature, and that tells you that you've ovulated. Um, Your body actually tells you more signs than that, though, as well. Um, for example, you're, if we're going to, Matt, close your ears, but we're going to go, we're going to go there. Uh, the cervix, the cervix actually raises just a little bit. It goes into like a higher position and it actually softens. So when it's closed, it feels like the tip of your nose. And when it's open and soft, you're fertile. It feels like the apple of your cheek is kind of a fun. Mm. So you can actually feel the change in that. And then also, um, the estrogen right before you ovulate creates this super slippery mucus, which is called kind of a ferning mucus, and it's like egg white consistency. So when you see that, um, it tells you that your body's basically created scaffolding for sperm to swim up it and get to the egg easier. So there's a few different signs you can look at. The hard thing with basal body temperature and um, breastfeeding mothers or people's cycles that are sort of irregular, especially with babies... Um, you want to be taking your temperature at the same time every single day. So if you're getting up with baby at night or a couple times during the night, it can throw off those temperatures and make your um, tracking not quite accurate. So lactation is a tricky time, um, and it's a good time to work with a specialist in kind of the fertility awareness method for that. But they do have awesome, yeah. bit, like the Daisy and the ABBA band and everything now are, are super cool for tracking that yeah. BBT. But also cervical it's mucus different. and position are, are helpful as well. 
That's so crazy. And I, okay, so I saw your post on Instagram today about the ferning. Yes. And um, we had, we ex- heard about this whole ferning thing, but in a different way. When I went in to um, have my baby, um, <laughs> I was like leaking amniotic fluid and they weren't sure if it was amniotic fluid. We thought it was. So they had to do a test and see if it yes. turned into ferns. Mm-hmm. So right? they ended up doing two tests. The first one was, I think it was just a test strip to see if it was mm-hmm. some sort of home hormone that was... Um, in the, the discharge for lack of a, a better, a better term yeah. for it. Um, and then there weren't, it came back negative, but with the, the way that Kelsey was presenting and stuff like that, like, okay, we're going to do a, an older type of test, which was the fern test. Yes. And they told us that they'd take a sample and put it on a slide and then they put it under a microscope. And if it looked like fern leaves, then that was indicative of. Amniotic fluid. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. It's so crazy. We are wonderfully yeah. made. We're like, give us ferns. <laughs> yes. It's beautiful. It's like uh, snowflakes almost, I feel like. Yeah. Fractiles. It's just, yeah. So crazy. Um, so I went, like I said before, I went on the pill in high school for acne. Um, and I know a lot of people go on it early for things like that and bad cramping and stuff. Um, and I think that's a reason a lot of people are afraid to go off of it because they're like, I don't want to deal with all those other things. I know a lot of my friends still are on hormonal birth control. And I mean, do you think there is, um, do you think that it, those things would start back up again if people get off or is there ways to prevent those things naturally? Yeah, I think we're in kind of an interesting time as far as oral contraceptives goes. I mean, they're so empowering. They give us control of our body, which is amazing, your reproductive health and everything. Um, but it doesn't come without side effects, unfortunately. And um, while birth control really does its trick at stopping ovulation, it also suppresses all the symptoms that we were having before. And that's a good thing and that you're not experiencing, you know, cramping and everything before. But it has a whole slew of other side effects um, that it can cause. Um, but luckily, there is a lot of work you can do while you're still on the pill. If you know kind of what you were suffering from before you were prescribed it, you can, you know, clean up your liver, heal your gut, decrease your inflammation so that when you come and transition off that oral contraceptive pill, your body's going to respond better to it and hopefully you won't be as asymptomatic as before. And so also what's cool about working with a functional medicine doc is we can support your body, get to the root cause and like fix the reason that you're having that estrogen dominance or that PCOS or that high testosterone and, and, and naturally address those issues. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I was really nervous because um, I didn't get bad acne again when I got off of it, but I wasn't having a period. So mm-hmm. I was like, when I get my period back, is it going to happen then? And it didn't. I think probably because I had cleaned up my diet since then um, and that helped a lot, but um, I was really nervous for that and it wasn't a problem for me, thankfully. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're seeing this whole concept um, currently of post-birth control syndrome, which is what you kind of went through. It's when you mm-hmm. get off birth control pill and your body um, just doesn't know how to handle it. I mean, basically, birth control shuts down the communication between your brain and your ovaries. For And when you think about the fact that you're shutting that communication down for years and years and years, it makes sense that they have trouble, you know, starting that conversation again after you come off the pill. So we're, we're seeing that a lot. And that is why I preach, you know, really focusing on preconception care and really start thinking, you know, if you're thinking babies give yourself a year to prepare. Like we spend what a year planning our weddings. Like let's start planning a year as well to prepare our bodies and get ready um, for our hormones to grow that human. 
Yeah, definitely. So you you mentioned earlier about some side effects of the hormonal birth control. What are some of those side effects? Yeah. Oh, it's really interesting. So I see a lot of gut issues commonly with birth control. Um, It can cause leaky gut and dysbiosis, and that causes kind of inflammation in the body. Um, Also, it depletes nutrients. So some of the main nutrients it depletes is like B6, B12, magnesium, zinc, selenium. And we need those as the building blocks for detoxification, for building our hormones. Like they're so, so important. Um, Also, it can cause skin issues. It can do a good job to heal acne, but it also causes acne in other people. It can gunk up the liver. Um, Your liver actually makes something called sex hormone binding globulin in higher amounts when you're taking birth control which means it binds up all the free hormones. So when you come off it, you don't have as much free hormone around to bind to hormones and do the jobs that they all need to do. Um, A few other things are like a low libido, hypothyroidism, increased blood clots. Um, One thing that I'm seeing, because I do work with uh, women that are are hoping to get pregnant in the next year or so, is fertility. Uh, People with like the progestin-only IUD, it's actually thinning the endometrial lining. People that stop having periods completely So there's not like a big juicy cushion for that egg to implant into. Um, And then the last big one is I see a lot of depression, anxiety, which really um, makes me worry, especially about kind of our more high school age students taking oral contraceptives, just because there's already so much going on hormonally with them. Um, Our estrogen converts to serotonin and dopamine. Our progesterone is an awesome anxiolytic and makes us feel calm. And we're kind of like suppressing all those. And it just makes me wonder about kind of all the depression and anxiety that we see today. Yeah, man, that is not a fun time. I honestly can't imagine being in high school right now with social media. Oh my gosh. So I just, I fear for my children a little bit, but um, (laughs) I definitely think that that must contribute to it. Wow. That's really, really, really interesting. Um, So I've heard you talk on your Instagram about adrenal fatigue and it's not something I'm super familiar with. I've heard about it on Instagram before, but I love to get a little rundown of what it is um, from you. Yes, it's such a like big buzzword I know. Everyone's saying adrenal yeah. fatigue, adrenal fatigue. It's called adrenal fatigue. It's also known as HPA axis dysregulation, which means um, there's two parts of your brain, the hypothalamus and the pituitary, and they talk to your adrenal glands. Your adrenal glands sit on top of your kidneys, and they make a whole slew of hormones, but the main hormone that they make is cortisol. And cortisol is the hormone that allows us to deal with and cope with stress. It triggers epinephrine and norepinephrine and kind of helps us just deal with whatever is coming at us. The problem is, is we're in this, you know, big hustle, hustle society, totally overstimulated. And this wears down on our adrenals over time. And we actually stop producing cortisol or we produce too much cortisol. And it puts us in this like super wired panic state all the time. Or it makes us completely like exhausted and flatlined, basically. Hmm. Wow. Um. And I mean, so if you're super stressed, like, do you think when I was having hypothalamic anemia that I that they said was stress induced that it had anything to do with that or what? Where does that land? Heck you know? yeah. So let's just listen to the term hypothalamic hypothalamic amenorrhea, right? So we're talking about our hypothalamus. Mm-hmm. Our hypothalamus is what talks to our adrenals and says, you know, handle this, handle this, handle this. It's always. Re- like getting feedback from the rest of our body. So yes, absolutely. Stress feeds so much into that. And then another super interesting thing is, so in order to make cortisol, we actually use the building block cholesterol, which I know kind of gets demonized and, you know, no one wants too much cholesterol in their diet or their cholesterol too high, but 
cholesterol is what creates all of our sex hormones. And cholesterol feeds down into progesterone, and then that progesterone is converted into cortisol. So when we're, our body's just trying to make all that cortisol to deal with our chronic stress, our progesterone is being totally tanked and depleted. So it also affects our sex hormones from that perspective. Wow, yeah. And if people might think they have adrenal fatigue, do you know how they would know they have it? Or is it just going to a doctor? And would they obviously have to go to like a functional medicine doctor? Yeah, I think it's not completely accepted um, in conventional medicine. If I've, I've seen some doctors sometimes willing to run like a serum blood cortisol. But what we really want is cortisol follows a really specific pattern. And um, cortisol spikes in the morning, 30 minutes after we wake up, and it's supposed to like kind of slowly pitter off through the day and then be kind of bottomed out by the time we go to bed so that melaton melatonin can take over and we can go to sleep. So what you really want to do is something called salivary cortisol testing. And it's awesome because you can do it at home. And you just spit in these four different tubes four times throughout the day. And it actually graphs your cortisol levels for you and shows you what kind of adrenal fatigue pattern you might be having. If you're hyper-responsive, if you're hypo-responsive, and they're kind of treated in different ways. But it's definitely important if you're kind of having symptoms to get look into it and get it checked out because um, it, it does need a little TLC to get you back where you need to be. Yeah, definitely. That's so crazy. I mean, I feel like in this day and age, it's just it, like you said, like so much is hustle bustle of our lives where you could just not start not feeling great and things can start breaking down and you just are like, well, I'm just tired. Or I especially could see a lot of moms being like, oh, I'm just a mom. I'm tired. Yeah. It's just how it is. Um, but I really like, I love hearing this from you and I just really want to empower women to take control of their bodies and figure out what's the root cause of their, their symptoms. And I just you know, want people to feel good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think moms, you know, struggle the most. Like you just so go into like baby mode and I need to take care of them and like the family and your husband. And, you know, it, it is what you said. I so appreciate you saying because I don't, I can't say it enough is, you know, take, be proactive, take care of yourself. Like you can't, pour from an empty cup. You have to take care of yourself first so that you're going to be around to take care of everybody else and, and be your best person. You know, you, you shouldn't have to suffer. Like there is that little bit of time to squeeze in for a good self-care and, and make sure that you really are enjoying your best life as well. Yeah, definitely. So what are some signs and symptoms of adrenal fatigue? Yeah, good question. So it can present a few different ways, whether you're like cortisol is totally gone and tanked or you're the kind of person who just kicks it into overdrive and has like super crazy extra cortisol. Um, so if you have extra cortisol, you're going to feel like really wired and tired when you go to bed at night. Maybe you were exhausted all day long. All you wanted was a nap and to go to sleep. And then you go to bed at 10 o'clock and your mind is racing a million miles a minute and you are wide awake. That's a, a cardinal symptom of sort of a flipped curve in adrenal fatigue. Um, another picture is being so tired in the morning, you have to hit snooze four times and you have to drink like three or four cups of coffee before 10 a.m. before you can be like a semi-functioning human being. That's a good red flag that we might need to look into your adrenals a little bit. Um, also people who get sick all the time, you know, getting lots of colds and stuff, their immune systems run down, um, cortisol affects our immune system. So that can be a piece of it, a clue. Um, people that need a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon, like they just hit that slump and they either need a nap or they need coffee. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you, you, you want to be able to just gently cruise through that day. Um, and a few more things is just feeling super overwhelmed all the time. Just like you can't handle anything. Like you're just so wired and so stressed that just 
I mean, if somebody was like, oh, can you pick a color of rose bouquet that you'd like delivered? You'd be like, I can't tell you if I want red or white. Like that, that's, yeah. that's that. And um, yeah. the last big thing would just be like being hangry, like blood sugar issues. Like you can't go more than like an hour and a half without eating or you're going to like rip somebody's head off. Those are all good, <laughs> good clues to adrenal fatigue. That's super good to know. Now, does this also affect men? Absolutely, it affects men. And um, I'm a huge um, proponent of both males and females taking care and looking at themselves. I feel like men get so brushed mm-hmm. under the rug with this, but they suffer from this just as much as women do. And um, I think it's, it's you know, a lot of times, I don't know if you've heard the health st- statistic, but married men often live longer because they have their, you know, wives to get their butts into the doctor and get things going on. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's so important. Matt, Matt, you're a firefighter. So you work, um, do you work overnight shifts? Yeah, I work a 48 hour shift as a standard. So you're at high risk, you know, for adrenal fatigue, like those erratic sleep schedules and stuff can really take a toll over time. And you know, while you might feel good, it's definitely something to keep an eye on and just, you know, make sure even proactively, you can take some adrenal support, um, just to kind of support your body through that kind of crazy time. And by the way, thank you for your service. I so appreciate it. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it sounds a little familiar. You needing about 17. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, when the funny thing is, is so I've done a couple whole thirties with Kelsey and when I'm on whole 30, the first 15 days are terrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then the last, the last bit of it, I feel great. And when you were saying, Oh, when you need a nap in the middle of the day or feel like you need a coffee, like two in the afternoon, like, I know I'm not the only one, but you know, other guys that I work with will need to have a cup of coffee or feel like, Oh man, let's just go, go to the Starbucks real quick and grab something at like two or three in the afternoon. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, that's definitely not only me, but that's other people too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so common. And and it just, it seems normal. And you know what? I also think clearly there's something too, like you got to do what you got to do to get by, to get the job done. And I so respect that and understand that. Um, but it's just, you know, also paying attention and seeing, you know, looking at the downstream effect of things and just making making sure you're taking care of that wonderful body you've got. <laughs> yeah, you, I think you just mentioned that there's like supplements you can take to support your adrenals. Can you share a little bit? Yes, of definitely. Um, so it kind of depends on the adrenal picture you have. So let's say somebody's super wired and tired at night, like we actually want to break down the cortisol because there's too much of it. So a supplement containing something like phosphatidylserine and calming herbs is going to be really good, like Passiflora to help you you drift off and go to bed. Um, whereas if you're somebody who's totally flatlined and has no cortisol at all, you're going to want a product that has a glandular in it, which is actually from an animal product. They're actually some of their adrenal cortex. It's going to give you a little bit of synthetic cortisol and kind of help you through that. In addition to a few adaptogenic herbs. So some of my favorites are like ashwagandha, rhodiola, and holy basil are, are super nice and nourishing for the adrenals. Um, also vitamin C and vitamin B5 are super good for the adrenal glands. So all the emergency you can chug. <laughs> Yeah, um, some of those words I didn't know. So there can ones. I find those on Amazon? <laughs> yes, you can absolutely find them on Amazon. You can find um, good good supplements. Let's see. A few brands I like are um, Designs for Health. Priority One is super good. Um, and RLC Labs are probably some of my favorites. Just because they're so – it's kind of another conversation, but there's so many supplements on the market right now, and they're not regulated. You don't always know mm-hmm. what you're getting. 
even if the label says so. Um, so that's another advantage to kind of working with somebody who can know that they're, you're getting like certified therapeutic grade products and the herbs that they say they contain yeah. actually contain those herbs and stuff. So. Yeah. And like, I think you mentioned um, on an Instagram story or an Instagram uh live or something that I was watching of yours um that you know people might just think they have an adrenal issue and take a random adrenal support thing and it's not exactly the right one for their body um so you said that yeah yeah so that's why it's really important to do the salivary cortisol testing and maybe work with somebody just so you know like if your cortisol is super high we want to break it down but if you're totally deficient you don't want to be taking something that's accidentally like getting rid of your cortisol when you need like every stimulating bit you can or if you're already overstimulated yeah. you don't want to be taking something that has herbs in it that are going to like stimulate you more like ginseng or something yeah that's so interesting I know. <laughs> man man so now, much to learn do you have a list of those um supplements that you had just talked about earlier is that on like your website or how accessible yeah. is it um if you in the right on my Instagram, I have a, a supplement um, LinkedIn. And if you look there, I have like a whole section of adrenal supplements that are my favorites if people wanted to take a peek at them. And for those listening, can you just tell us what your Instagram handle is? Yeah, so it's at dr.pattyhabe, H-A-E-B-E. Cool. And I'll link all this stuff in the show notes, of course. <laughs> um, so I obviously am all about food. Um, I'm curious to know if you think there's a certain um, way people should be eating to support healthy hormones or if there's, it's just like general healthy eating or if there's anything you found in your, in your um, history with all this. Yeah, definitely. Um, And that's why I love so much what you do. And I love all your support with Whole30 because it's so transformative and so healing for people. Um, In the integrated medicine world, we really look at food as medicine. It's the foundation for health. You can take as many supplements and drugs as you want, but if your diet is crap, you're not going to get better. Um, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> while, you know, there's not necessarily, I can't tell you, oh, eat cauliflower and your PCOS will get better. Um, foods can have an effect on it. Like we talked about seed cycling earlier, how those seeds can give us the nutrients and the building blocks to make all our hormones. Um, but also I would say like the key thing with healthy eating is just focusing on keeping inflammation super low and making sure we have a super healthy gut so that we can function to our best. We can synthesize all the hormones and neurotransmitters that we need to. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we we love our kombucha. I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking a ginger lemon kombucha right now. It's all good stuff. Oh, so good. Yeah, awesome. but that's, I mean, it's amazing. The whole gut microbiome, I mean, that actually synthesizes our serotonin and dopamine. Like we're looking at the gut as research is coming out. It's the second brain. Um, so it's so important to feed it with that healthy bacteria and make sure that we're not eating, you know, all these gluten and fried foods that really um, – open up our gut and expose us to more inflammation than, than we need to be exposed to. Yeah. I definitely think, um, like I said, how I didn't get bad acne again after going off birth control, because I think my diet had a big thing, a big amount to oh, do with yeah. it. Um, and now I'm finding, I'm trying to work and clean up my beauty routine and my household products because I've heard this word, but I have no <laughs> idea what it means of endocrine disruptors <laughs> being in all these things. And it's terrifying. Um, do you know what that is? And can Definitely. You well, I appreciate you asking it. Cause I think that we throw around like all these terms and we're like, Oh yeah, yeah, this endocrine disruptors, but you're right. Yeah. Like what, what is it though? You know, and how can you be on the yeah. lookout for something if you don't really know what it is? Um, so endocrine receptors are oftentimes synthetic constituents, man-made constituents that bind to hormone receptors in our body 
that either cause the receptors to do things um, or do things at a level that you don't need. So it, they might turn off um, or turn on different hormonal signals that affect the normal functioning of like tissues or organs. And our endocrine system mm. is all about balance. It, and um, when we have these chemicals that come into our body and bind to these receptors, we're throwing off our balance. So it can throw off your thyroid, throw off your sex hormones, um, all of that stuff. So it's it's really crazy. And what's super interesting is the mm. law does not require cosmetic products and ingredients other than color additives to have FDA approval before they go on the market, which is crazy to me. It's so nice. Yes. And your skin is absorbing anything that you put onto it. So your skin doesn't have your GI tract to filter anything out. So that's why makeup products and skincare products really do matter because you just have to think of that as like an open door into your body. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I've gotten hyper aware of all of it since I had Ruth because I she was just like on my skin all the time. I was holding her all the time. And now she's like chewing on my face. <laughs> no, like, I don't want her eating no. these like terrible chemicals. It's crazy. Well, what I always think is, you know, you've probably seen the commercials for like Androgel, like the testosterone the guys like put on as deodorant, like under their armpits. And like, okay, if we mm-hmm. use the skin to administer hormones, then why wouldn't you want to be worried about the lotion that you're putting all over your body? You know, yeah. like your skin's just drinking yeah. it in. So, and, and I think when you hear this, it sounds yeah. really scary and it makes you want to live in a bubble and like throw everything away. But yeah. I, like what I always <laughs> tell my clients is it's all about just limiting your exposure and limiting your toxic burden. So, you know, use a product when it runs out, buy a cleaner one. Like don't panic and throw everything right. away. But just like it's right. little things over time that you can incorporate that end up making a difference in my opinion. Definitely. That's how I feel about a lot of things yes. like food. Like I'm not eating whole no, 30 all the time. I can really enjoy your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the point of living till you're 150 if it's going to be? <laughs> I could not agree more. You need a little glass of champagne now and then. I'm a big advocate. Oh, heck Definitely. yeah. Exactly. Um, well, I mean, I've learned so much from you. Do you have anything else you want to share with the people? Gosh, I don't think so. I feel like we literally we covered everything. We, covered we just got to it. I know. <laughs> I just, I am so intrigued by all of this and I'll probably be messaging you with all sorts of questions and we'll probably have to have you on (laughs) again. But um, one thing we're going to do at the end of each episode, because this is the Genuine Joy podcast, all about finding joy in in life. Um, So what brought you joy this week? What brought me joy this week? Oh, absolutely. Playing with my dog and spending time with my husband, without a doubt. Getting outside. Also, it is um, (laughs) spring in... Arizona, as it is spring everywhere, but our cat, <laughs> but our cactuses are blooming like crazy, and it's just been absolutely glorious oh. to take walks this week. So that has brought me very much That's joy. So nice. That's so nice, Matt. What brought you joy this week? Uh, the day I got home from work, I went for a surf. And it was amazing. It was the water was perfect. The weather was perfect. It was yeah. just, it was beautiful out. So yeah. You're loving that. Kelsey, what brought you joy this week? Well, you know, it was my birthday this week. So That's right. Happy we for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Matt surprised us with a trip to the zoo. And it was, at first he said, we're going to the zoo. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I wasn't like overjoyed. And then we got there and I'm like, oh my God, I love the zoo. I had no idea. The giraffes and the lions. It was just very the cool. The zoo is so Quality. fun. Yeah. It's amazing. It made me. It really is. Oh, I love animals. Did you guys go to the San Diego Zoo or would you guys go? (laughs) You went to the creme de la creme. I know. That's so fun. Oh, amazing. Yeah. (laughs) 
It was super fun. Um, so Patty, where can everyone find you on social media, your website? And can you talk a little bit about how you can? Yeah, definitely. So I, uh, world, I consult worldwide with people via webcam. So the best way to find me is on Instagram at dr.pattyhaby. And then I have a link in my bio that kind of connects to my website. If you want to schedule a, a a free 15 minute consult with me just to see if I'm a good fit for you. Um, and also just, you know, some links to the other stuff I've done and all that jazz. I also have a little pre um, conception course for couples to work through together if they're preparing for pregnancy. Um, and the link is in my bio on my Instagram for that as well. That is so perfect. Thank you so much. I will also link all this stuff for everyone. Um, and we just had such a great time chatting with you. Yes. Thank you, thank so you guys and take care and, um, enjoy your rest of your day. We will. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Genuine Joy podcast. Be sure to follow along with me on Instagram at little bits of underscore real food, and be sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate and review the podcast. So more and more people can find it. New episodes will be coming out every other week, and we hope you have an amazing week ahead of you. Keep it joyful. <laughs>